Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays. Giorgio. Hey. What's up, man? Another week has gone by. Yeah. They just they just keep going, right? They just keep going. Yep. And there's all kinds of things in the world, but we're going to take kind of a break from a lot of that stuff yeah. over the next couple of weeks, maybe. So we're going on Free For All Fridays. This this one will be kind of... I think the theme on this one maybe is like um, Christians getting along with each other, fundamentalism and liberalism. Yeah, I don't really know what the theme of this will be. We'll find out when we're done. That's the beauty of this, huh? Okay. But coming up in the next couple of weeks on a free-for-all Friday, because I know the people, they've got to be tired of the cultural stuff. They like... The, it's just all the time. Yeah. We could do it every Friday, but Mark of the Beast has been requested. What do you think of that? Is our <clears throat> vaccines a Mark of the Beast or the COVID vaccine? Don't say yet. Okay. Just keep all it. Right. I'm, well, I'm, so we're going to talk about, we'll do an episode on the Mark of the Beast, I guess. Okay. And uh, then we'll do one. I think this would be a fun one. Um, did Jesus ever claim to be God? Because, you know, liberals today. Right. Secu- the secular world, they say, oh, Jesus never claimed to be God. Look, read your Bible. He never says, I am God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Who did so. I just see post something? Yesterday, I think I saw something. I can't remember who it was. Well, you better grab it and download it. I'll look. I'll look around and see what I can, see what I can find. Yeah, I can supply like... Ammo for days, just from you know, because I've been in the Gospel of John forever. But what I'm curious to, to yeah. look at is I'm going to look a little bit. I want to look at the other Gospels and see okay. in what other ways. I hope it wasn't Jory Micah. Do you know Jory Micah? I send you her tweets yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know who Jory Micah is, I Julia makes fun of me because I'm I'm constantly finding tweets from her that are just so outlandish. Yeah. You know, I found one. I don't think I, I sent it to you. No, I don't think I did. I found one a couple of days ago. She was saying that reform guys are jerks. Uh-huh. And uh, that's probably what happens when you think that you're one of the elect and that you're special. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully it wasn't her because <laughs> I don't want to go searching through her tweets. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I went through it. I started looking through her, so I, I usually just find screenshots that mm-hmm. other people have posted. Right. But uh, I decided I'd, I'd look you myself. You went on Twitter? I went on Twitter. I went on Twitter, yeah. Oh, I actually clicked on, I've got the app on my phone, I finally clicked on it. Yeah, and I went to uh, to look at her, her Twitter account, and <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's garbage. You gotta clean up your Twitter account, it's man. Just <laughs> it's absolute garbage. She, uh, she's, she is competing to be the woke of the woke <laughs> just, she just wants to be the wokest yeah it and it's real it's real bad yeah so yeah. <laughs> but uh she she's got some pretty pretty outlandish stuff <laughs> yeah she just does thinking about her. some of the ones that i've sent to you yeah well hold on to that one for okay. for that episode okay but you have a couple of articles we'll talk about first. We'll do yeah. just a couple of these articles, and then we're going to... Let's segue into talking about like a fundamentalism and liberalism. Okay. And uh, also, maybe then that will help us to then continue that. I want to continue that conversation that we started Monday yeah. about um, 
like first order issues, okay, secondary, tertiary issues, yeah, and how should we treat each other, things mm-hmm. like that. So maybe that'll help us get into that more, okay, and how people talk to each other, uh, well, in the public, like how should what should Christians be saying about each other? I saw one guy, I think he's a pastor and teacher at Boyce College, I believe, at Southern. This guy called a regular pastor a tryhard. I'm like, man. Oh, I think it's the the tweet that uh, that tweet we're gonna use to talk about. I don't think it was in that in that tweet though. No, no, he. It's in that thread. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The uh, okay. We'll save that. That's gonna come up later. Okay. But, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> that's that's nice. That's, that's a nice exci- thing to say to somebody. Yeah, that's huh? oh yeah. yeah Calling a regular pastor a tryhard. Right. But again, we there is this uh not for all professors, but but some. Like we're the in intelligentsia, uh-huh. George. Right. We're trained in this stuff. Right. Um, don't get me started on those guys preaching though. They couldn't preach their self out of a wet paper bag, man. Most <laughs> most guys that are PhDs. <clears throat> oh yeah, that was one of the most dif- disappointing things whenever I'd go to uh to chapel at Southern. You get really excited because you really like this this professor. He's a really good teacher, but then you hear him preach, and you're like, "Nah, eh. yeah, not, yeah, that's not, that's not great." Yeah, but they're they're needed, obviously, and that, yeah. and I've learned a lot from many of them. Right, but <clears throat> sometimes they need to check their role and say, like, "Hey, let's not degrade and uh, demean well, re- and they regular need, pastors." <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, right? They need to they need to remember why the seminaries exist in the first place. Yeah. They don't exist to lord over the churches to to be these convents, um, you know, these Protestant convents where yeah. where you know you go away to get away from the world yeah. and be more spiritual. They're servants of the church, right? They're they are uh, they're training up pastors, and so if you don't if you think that a pastor is not doing a very good job, hey, the blame falls at your feet. <laughs> Like you're the ones who are supposed to be helping to train these guys up. Yeah, um, yeah. You shouldn't. Uh, they should never denigrate a pastor because they're supposed to be serving these pastors. You got it. Not not name calling. Well, All what, right. Well, what uh, have you got? We'll, to start, start, we'll start. We'll start with this first article. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else that we're talking about. Okay. This uh, this episode, but uh, my wife found this for me. And I, I just thought it was so ridiculous. She was reading this to me, and uh, it's just insane. This is from Business Insider. You know, there's a the there's a volcano that erupted on Saint Vincent, which mm. is in the the Caribbean, and they're trying to evacuate people. Is it a territory of the U.S.? What is it? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know how any of that. I don't know how any of that works, Jay. Why are you asking me this? I'm just curious, George. Like that, I'm gonna Google it. While I have you, while no idea. Saint Saint Vincent. I don't know, but anyway, they're they're trying to uh, to evacuate people to neighboring islands because there's uh, you know hazardous <laughs> hazardous conditions with a uh, a volcano erupting. Uh, but uh, the title of this article is "People on the Caribbean Island Where a Volcano Went Off Are Being Evacuated on Cruise Ships, But Not Without a COVID nineteen Vaccine." Yeah, I'm pretty. Again, 
<laughs> One, you're left speechless when you read this stuff. Some, yeah. So the yeah, right. <laughs> right. right. It's better that we just leave you here to die, right? And breathe in uh-huh. poisonous gas and particles of volcanic rock. So if you don't die now, you're just going to die a slow death later. Yeah, it's better. We'll just leave you here because you're. Well, here, here's the, it's crazy. Right here's here's the thing. So more than sixteen thousand people are being evacuated from the island. Here's the thing that I was thinking about as I was reading through this, and and I won't I won't read through this. The the uh, <laughs> the article is is pretty simple. If you don't have a vaccine, these cruise ships are not going to take you on to evacuate you. And many of the islands won't take you mm. if you uh, if you aren't vaccinated. Some of them will take you, but you have to take the vaccine when you get there. That's that's the gist of the of the the article. Here's the thing: the volcano is an immediate threat. Mm-hmm. Like it's not hypothetical. If you stay, you will die. Right. Mm. Um, but what they're doing is that they're just assuming that everyone has covid right so you ha- you have a hypothetical yeah. the hypothetical is there's there's covid somewhere here that that's going to infect everybody right um and but it's it's a it's a maybe there's there's the definite this volcano's erupting if they stay <laughs> they'll probably die yeah then there's the maybe that uh, that they may have may COVID, have COVID yeah. and and then there's the you know the one you know point one percent chance that it might be serious, right. right? Second, you're you've got a you've got all these people that are vaccinated uh-huh. on this boat, and you're refusing to take unvaccinated people, <laughs> right? Why? Why does right. the vaccine not if you're work? I imagine there's I. There's a, I think there's a picture here. Let me see if I can find. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's a picture here. They're all wearing masks. Yeah. So you've got vaccinated people who are still wearing masks, who are refusing to save unvaccinated people from this, this volcano. volcano. Yeah. It's insane. It is. It's and uh, you know, it's all because they're not trying only to, they're is trying it to, insane. They're, hey, hey, they're trying to save lives. Shay. It's immoral. It, it is. It's not just oh, insane. Yeah. It's immoral. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's and the insane part about it is it's like they're pretending okay COVID's on this island but mm-hmm. it's not anywhere else yeah. <laughs> right. right we can't let people it, like ju- they may have it COVID may spread to other places it's everywhere on the earth like why why are they even worried about that COVID yeah. is already where they would be taking these people to it's already there yeah um <clears throat> so yeah. It, so it's it is crazy yeah it's like everywhere it's like it's in it's even made its way to Antarctica. Mm. You know they're they're really pushing for everyone to get vaccinated. They mm. they want everyone to get vaccinated, and they're they're surprised, they're shocked that people are still refusing the vaccine. Maybe it's because of stuff like this. Maybe it's because people who are vaccinated are still wearing masks. You got Fauci who's saying he still won't go to restaurants. He still won't walk around without a mask. Um, you, all these vaccinated people who are wearing masks still don't want to be around people who are not vaccinated. Like maybe if uh, maybe if someone like Fauci, who has been vaccinated, would stop wearing a mask and pretending like he's going to die from being around people who have COVID, maybe more people would get the vaccine and they would see, oh yeah, it, it yeah. actually works. But but none of the none of the fear tactics have disappeared from people who have taken the vaccine. 
Right. And so if they're not going to do that, if you, you've still got the president who has been vaccinated and he still walks around wearing a mask, people are not going to be convinced to take the vaccine. They're not going to be convinced that this actually is beneficial <clears throat> for them. Well, I think people would be more convinced to take it um, once it's been around longer. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so just think about this, okay? It's it's technically especially especially if you're going to take that Johnson and Johnson when you yeah, read about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting blood it. blood mm-hmm. clots, yeah. But like, uh, you know, my parents had the Pfizer when they're older. Um, yep. They should they should take it. A lot of the older people, even in our church, took it. Yeah. Um, because the risk really to them in their stage of life is that they would get it. It's COVID itself is much more dangerous than right. than, than taking. Taking the vaccine. Technically, is it a vaccine, though? Because it's like RNA gene therapy. Right. Technically, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you can still be infected, and they're saying you could still spread it, yeah. which is why they're saying everybody needs to keep wearing a mask. Right. So if you can still be infected and you can still spread it, it's not really a vaccine, man. <laughs> it's just a gene therapy. Yeah. So if you do get it, um, you're not going to get sick at all. Yeah. Like, like I p- think people can, they can get it. They cannot get sick. They move on with their life. Mm. But just think about this. Like, they're trying to push it for younger people to take it. Right. Like, why would I encourage my son to take this vaccine? Mm-hmm. Why Why ever would I do that? Right. They don't know if it has any fertility issues attached to it. Mm-hmm. Right. He's 16 years old, in the best shape uh, of a young that a young man can be in. He, get, he gets COVID legit. And, George, I kid you not, the dude ran a fever for, like, three hours. And within 24 hours was back to normal. Yeah. Why would why would he take a vaccine? Right. I've I've heard and this is just, you know, secondhand information. <clears throat> but they're having a trouble getting soldier having soldiers take the vaccine. I saw that. And it's the same reason because yeah. many of them have already had it. Right. And they're like, "Well, I had it. It barely did anything to me. I'm over it already." Mm-hmm. Uh, why would I get a vaccine for something it was like I got the sniffles for a day? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah this this whole this whole thing and their push for it, mm-hmm. it it's just it's bizarre, man. Right? Yeah. And it's the mark of the beast, but that's <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. that's, that's another why George. episode. <laughs> Next episode <laughs> that's coming another up. Episode <laughs> mark of the beast. All right. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted to what what? But just think about how Im- immoral it is, man. It's like oh yeah. Just and you think start looking at things from a Christian perspective in the, in, the, in the world. Uh, the people, they're all going to die there at the, from the volcano. They're all Im- image bearers of God, mm-hmm. and you're going to let them die based yeah. on a hypothetical. Or, or blackmail them. Yeah. Blackmail them. You have to get the vaccine. Or you can't leave. Or you can't leave. Mm-hmm. No Christian should be able to do this. Right. They, they shouldn't. We we We've come to expect it from the unbelieving world, but Christians shouldn't be living in such a state of fear and still using it as, well, you're just loving your neighbor. Yeah. Um, go back and go back and read Deuteronomy and, and see what what uh, God lays out as loving, Hon- your, I mean, loving on- your neighbor. Honestly, man, I think the way that Christians need to love their neighbor during this time is to try to provide a level of clear thinking mm-hmm. and, and critical analysis because right. the world is just totally lacking any of that. Yeah. Like again, I take take the <clears throat> Ebola illustration I gave you with the masks. Right. Do mask work? Yeah. I think if you talk to any doctor behind the scenes, you know what they're going to tell you? No. Yeah. But in front of everybody, right? What they're going to say is, "Yeah, wear your mask." Yeah. But if you ask anybody, "Oh, you think masks work?" 
oh, yeah, yeah, mask work. And <laughs> right. you say, well, hey, here's an Ebola patient in yeah. this room. He's got a mask on. Here's a mask. Here's a paper mask. You put one on. Will you go into the room? Like, if you ask a thousand people, a thousand people are going to say no. Mm-hmm. And but we're just we're just pretending. Um, we've got to we've got to uh, help people to stop and break out of this illusion, right? And return to a normal life because it is it's actually detrimental to people's life. Yeah, depression, suicide, hopelessness, health problem, other health problems. Um, and it's not it's not providing the right answer for the fear of death. Mm. The the reason why they're pushing the vaccine and the mask and the social distancing is because they are terrified of death. And Christians are just jumping on board and they're saying, Yeah, you need to you need to get the vaccine because you need to love your neighbor, you need to wear a mask, you need to social distance, you need to stay in your home. They're jumping on that. The world is afraid of dying. And the church, we're the only people that have the hope that you can you can escape death mm-hmm. like there's worse things than than dying and i'm afraid that a lot of christians they're ignoring that message they're they're ignoring what's what is really the driving force behind all of the insanity is a fear of death that people don't want to die right and uh the church instead of instead of saying well you should be afraid of dying and secondarily what what uh people who seek power and want power mm-hmm. know is that the fear right is something that can be capital capitalized oh, yeah. on we use the fear use to, the fear of death to promote our agendas right yeah and the church needs to it needs to dig past all of the 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 other things and get to the root of the problem the right. the root problem is fear of death they're yeah. afraid of dying the church has the answer to that, the only answer, because even if you get vaccinated and you wear a mask and you social distance the rest of your life, you're going, to, you're eventually going to die, mm-hmm. and there is there is life to come, and the church has the only answer, and so we need to stop stop um, just going along with this flow of fear of dying. We got to love our neighbors because oh we don't we don't want them to die. We need to be sharing the the hope. There is only one hope, and it's in it's in Christ. Yeah. Yep, that's right. St. Vincent Island is its own country. It's its own country. Well, I guess that island is the largest island in this little chain of islands, but okay. St. Vincent, it's a country. Okay. I didn't know that. Hey, you learn something new every day, yeah. I guess. You get geography on this program, too. Right. <laughs> you got a map you want to throw up there on the screen? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't remember, remember uh, St. Vincent being on the, uh, the Animaniacs no uh, song <laughs> of the of the country. Do you remember yeah. that song? I, yeah. yeah, I don't remember that on there. Anyway, that's, da- that's dating me. Yep. <laughs> All right. What do you want to talk about next? I thought you had one more article. Do you not? <laughs> we I do. Kind of as a as a bridge, I guess, into what you wanted to talk about okay. with uh, with fundamentalism and uh-huh. and getting along. Um, we've got a story that came out on the in the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, this is big big time, right? Yeah, New York Times um, Monday posted an article: a pastor's son becomes a critic of religion on TikTok. Yeah, and um, I don't know if we talked about this at all. We talked about him briefly. We may have even. I don't think we showed the clip because he's got bad language. Well, we we were looking for clips, (laughs) and we couldn't because he has such a foul mouth. (laughs) I mean, there's just profanity. Yeah. And even though, I mean, the one that we could have shown still had profanity in it. It wasn't as 
it wasn't as bad, but and then at the very end, he's like, he's got to say a cuss word, right? Like <laughs> to, say, to stay relevant. Gotta, yeah, gotta gotta be relevant. Um, this is John Piper's son, Abraham mm-hmm. Abraham Piper. Um, he has become a TikTok star overnight. Um, I thought he'd been on there for a while. He's only had a TikTok for uh, since November, mm-hmm. and now he has nine hundred thousand followers. Um, according to New York Times, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't go and fact check this. Um, John Piper only has a million mm. on Twitter. He doesn't have a TikTok. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's got <a> Twitter. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, if you if you uh, if you don't mind uh, hearing his profanity, he is uh, he's this is John Piper's son, his oldest son, uh, Abraham, and he has a TikTok where he. Not always, but he he uh, he's made a this following out of criticizing evangelical Christianity. Yeah, and so he's got things about making fun of all these crazy Bible stories, as he he calls it. It's isn't it weird that we teach our children, you know, about Jezebel being eaten by dogs? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, hey, he's got a point. One of my kids' favorite stories is uh, from Judges with Ehud. You know, stabbing, the stabbing, guy. stabbing, uh, uh, Eglon yeah. in the stomach. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, I mean, it's true. Um, the Bible, you know, we're, we're, the Bible records uh, events, right? And, uh, and you know, and people, guess what? Surprise, do crazy stuff, right? And uh, we teach our kids that because it's it's in the Bible, right? Um, but he's he is um, he's just make making fun of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, fundamental christianity sure um one of the videos we saw he he was saying i'm not making fun of all christianity just the just the fundamentalist you're right yeah the fun the fundamentalist and and he said he he, he has this big umbrella camp you know catholics orthodox uh-huh, right mainline protestants and then the, like the young the young kid yeah. who nobody likes anyway that's what he said so he's got he's got a video about how he uh, you know learned to tie a tie for a mission trip yeah to Florida. Uh, to Florida, right? Yeah. Uh, he calls mission trips uh, white saviors evangelical vacation that other people pay for. Yeah. Um, he's got stuff on the the idea of a literal hell. Um, so anyway, he's a, he's a nihilist, right? He is. That's um, that's another. That's something else that yeah. I wanted to to bring out is that he says that there is no ultimate meaning. Right. And yeah. he even has a video why ultimate meaning is impossible. Uh-huh. Um, he is. I think um, he he talks about philosophy in some of his TikToks. He doesn't just make fun of Christianity. He does other things. But um, I think he's an, an, a nihilist, mm-hmm. which a nihilist is someone that believes that nothing matters. Right. So There's no meaning to there, anything. There is, there is no meaning. Everything, you know, it's you're here and then you're gone. It, it nothing matters. It, it's, it's the only consistent logical outworking of if there is no God right. and all there is is matter. Right. If uh, materialism mm-hmm. is naturalistic, yeah, Darwinism, materialism. Right. If that's true, nothing literally matters. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones being honest about it. Right. Everybody else likes to just pretend. Yeah. Um, so but, uh, but you notice he's still alive. Well, he's still alive. He doesn't kill himself. Right. Right. Um, so he is just another one of what is being known as exvangelical. Mm-hmm. So these people that grew up in evangelical churches and then they they left. Right. And it's part of this deconstructing yeah. Christianity. Um these people who've walked away. So we've got we've got him. Uh we've got uh, this guy Maxwell who wrote for Desiring God. 
he just came out as he said he's not a Christian. Um, I, I need to watch his video. There's like a 45 minute video. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I'm gonna take. The time uh, you know, uh, Rhett and Link, the the YouTube yeah. guys from Good Mythical Morning. Uh-huh. They've said that they're not Christians anymore. Uh-huh. Um, lead singer Hawk Nelson, yeah. Christian band. Um, who am I missing? Joshua Harris. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a stream of people who are leaving the evangelical church. Right. And they're claiming it's because of the culture. Yeah. The, the evangelical fundamentalist culture. Yeah. Um, you were asking me before we started about Abraham's kind of conversion. Um, he was excommunicated when he was 19 for rejecting the faith. But four years later he returned and they restored him in the church okay um and then at some point now he's he's departed and this this looks like maybe for good right um so we've got we've got people that it's not just him it's it's a bunch of people and this is i think something that is important for us to talk about as parents Mm -hmm. and we've got kids who are growing up in an evangelical church. Right. That term, we've talked about how that term doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. Uh, evangelical, because it's so it's so broad. Um, but they're growing up in a, a conservative Baptist church. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. About people who are leaving and the reasons for leaving. Yeah. Okay, well... Uh, people give a variety of reasons mm-hmm. why. Some of them have been like maybe legitimately hurt by the church. But there's this kind of this telling telling uh, tweet thread by Tim Keller, no less, where he actually clarifies his belief on human sexuality. Okay. Right? It's one of the rare times he's speaking clearly. Right. <laughs> of course, what do you think happened, though, George, when he clearly speaks uh, uh, of, the, of the biblical sexual ethic that sex is between one man and one woman, for life. Well, of course he's going to get pushback. Yeah, big time. So I didn't read through all the all of the the you know the, the thread uh, right because there's the obvious world people of the world who aren't Christians but just straight bashing him for it. Yeah, which you know he's kind of towed like kind of balanced mm-hmm. the act where he could be seen as credible and the intellectual liberals right. the way he discusses things. But this clearly shows like if you just say what you know that you believe what the Bible says, you're going to get attacked. But what oh, was yeah. interesting is how many people on there push back against it, even those that would say they're Christians. Mm-hmm. So someone, and I wish I had a screenshot of this and sent it to you, it said, if, if anything has, from the, la- if the last week has revealed anything to us, it's that many people leave the Christian faith because they want to have sex with mm-hmm. whoever they want to. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a theme. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true. Well, we see that with someone like Joshua Harris. Uh, like that was his reason. Joshua Harris was a pastor of a church. Um well-known church. And um has written like his dating goodbye. Um stop dating the church. Um he's he's written a theology book uh, dug down deep. Um so he he was a conservative. Mm-hmm. Um but now he's claiming he's he's not a Christian anymore. And uh one of the reasons is because of the Christian sexual ethic. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is, this is really important for us to, to realize that the world is bombarding people, including our kids, with 
um, this libertine sexual ethic, do whatever, um, not just sleep around, but homosexuality, transgenderism, just everything. Right. Um, and if you if you don't accept this and if you don't celebrate it, then you're a bigot and you're you're a weirdo. Yeah. And so and you're and you're unloving, mm-hmm. right? Why why can't you why can't you just see that love is love? Right. And just accept these people in. We talked about this last week, last Friday, when we were talking about the church in Georgia that was disfellowship from the SBC for bringing into to full membership a homosexual couple and a transgender. And the reason is they, they wanted to say everyone is welcome regardless, regardless of, of these things. And um, I think you hear it enough times, people start to believe it. Like, I'm not being loving. Right. Like, isn't the Bible, isn't God love? <clears throat> yeah. How, how do I reconcile this? And so they either, they either get rid of the sexual ethic altogether or they try to redefine it so that, well, this was, this was you know, between a, a man and a boy right. you know, in Roman he, culture. So here's the way that I present the stuff to my kids. Like, the, it's, like I said, the story's not written yet because they're still in like, high school, right. high school aged. But uh, so far, so good. And I think one of the things we've tried to do is to try to flip that store, that on its head mm-hmm. and say, look, these, these commandments are not there, right, to, because they'll say, look, that's not loving. People want to be who they want to be. Right. Well, we flip it and we say they're there because God is loving. <laughs> right. Because he knows, like, if we step out of his way, which we see, clearly see in the Ten Commandments, it actually damages humanity. Right. It, it robs people of joy, happiness, and peace. They're not able to really experience what it means to be a human. Um, that's what Ke- the angle Keller was going at. He said anything outside of this yeah. is dehumanizing, and people are like, whoa. But what he meant was you're depriving people of worth, their true worth as a human. Um, and so that's the way we kind of go at it with our kids. It says, look, the world has a sexual ethic. The uh, God has his own. And then I just tell him this. I say, you know, hey, um, look around your, your world. You see in your friends' lives and in their families, um, find anyone in that world that has, me, has what me and your mom have. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, it cannot be done. Yeah. It can't be done because... Right. We we and it's not because we're so great a people. Mm-hmm. It's because by God's grace, um, we've followed God's plan, and uh, we've reaped the joy of it. There's joy, like joy, security, happiness, right? And then that flows to the children. And uh, kids live in profound dysfunction today. I think that's what's undeniable. Um, is the world will say, look, people can be happy and they can love who they want. Well, okay, I, I don't know what you mean by happiness, but I know there are a lot of kids living in the world today and a lot of homes experience, experiencing a lot of brokenness and insecurity. They're all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's <clears throat> kind of the way we go at it. God, God has this because he actually wants your life to be full, and mm-hmm. to be real and to be happy. Yeah. And the the way to be happy in this world is to not really follow your heart, 
it's to uh, deny yourself when necessary to follow God, because in the end, what you find is he gives you blessings and happiness. Um, So we just try to have a really open uh, line of communication with our kids all the time about anything and everything. I mean, like we'll talk about probably later today, I mean, we'll maybe even talk about Abraham Piper, and we'll talk about this stuff and say, look, you know, you're going to leave the house one day, and you're going to be bombarded by these things, and how do you think about this? You'll even run into people like him, try, and he'll try to rec- recruit you, because yeah. they, they're they never happy to be by themselves. Mm-hmm. They want to recruit you as well to right. join their cause. Right. So. Yeah, and uh, you're right that it's, uh, it's just destructive. You know, when... Um, you know the the whole Supreme Court uh, a Burgerfell decision came down that it was unconstitutional to to bar homosexual couples from getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians were saying, well, "Where does it stop? Love is love. Where where does this stop?" And uh, we were accused of you know using the slippery slope argument, right? Well, you know, and and really it comes down to the to the ooh factor. Right, like people basically say, "Well, this will never happen because it's, that's just gross." Right, you know. Just came across an article uh, a couple of days ago. Just came out two days ago. Uh-huh. A parent is uh, filing a lawsuit in New York asking for permission to marry their adult child, um, and asking the court to rule that uh, incest is unconstitutional. Not not unconstitutional, or it, it's uh, oh not well. Yeah, they're make it they're not. Rule, yeah make it make it so that it's unconstitutional to restrict to, to, this. To bar it, like yeah. you you are you are able to marry your adult right. child. Yeah. Like well, maybe sometimes the slippery slope argument actually is true. It's not right. always a fallacy. I think anyone could see it coming. I mean the the thing that first thing that was brought up is um, what do they call it? Polyamory. Mm-hmm. Is that the term? Yep. Yeah. So, and that's going on today as well. I mean, you oh, could yeah. you could do a quick Google search and find all kinds of couples yeah. that are pushing to have that be instated, and it probably it will be. Uh, the parent argued in the filing through the enduring bond of marriage, two persons, whatever relationship they might otherwise have with one another, can find a greater level of expression, intimacy, and spirituality. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we uh, we got over in this talking about the sexual ethic from talking about why people leave, right? And and that's often why, right? It's, it's because of the and sexual ethic. I think that um, and maybe this will bridge into you know some more stuff that we wanted to talk about. Um, some of the a lot of the criticisms that Abraham Piper has is against this fundamentalist King James version. You got to wear a tie all the time. Um, really like ultra conservatism. Right. Like we were talking about, we don't know what the Piper household was like, but we do know that Piper has said they don't own a television. Mm-hmm. So we know that that they're they're going to be more conservative even than us, right? right. Um, and I think that some of this, um, I want to be careful here because it doesn't always have to be this, but legalism. Right. And we have people from in our church that have come from this ultra conservative, legalistic. Um, you have to wear 
you're you have to wear certain clothes. Uh-huh. You have to have a certain haircut, um, or you're, oh, you're maybe not even a Christian, right? You know, and that that kind of stuff is going to drive our kids away, right? Um, so we we have to be really careful on, um, the important stuff, the primary stuff, and these secondary or uh, third, you know, third level of importance. Yeah, things. And those things are important because when we when we don't, right? When everything is primary importance, you can uh, accidentally pass on to your kids that we're the only ones that are right. We're the only true church. Right. Right. I've I've even seen I think to a degree on accident this has rubbed off on some of, on my children. Yeah. Like they'll ask me, "Hey, um, my friend goes to this church. Is that a real church? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm like, well, what is it? And they uh-huh. say, well, it's this. And I'll say, well, you know, here's what they believe. Uh, we disagree on these things, but I would say, obviously, that's a real church. Yeah. You know, if they are holding to this, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's true, right? Because many, uh, many have departed the faith. Right. They've, they've departed from the actual mm-hmm. gospel. And that's not just in any, that could be in a Baptist church too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have to be careful. So you want to make sure your kids know uh, we're not the only Christians in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this church, um, it's just because of how God has appointed your life that you're here. But you could have grown up in a conservative, uh, traditional Wesleyan. I'll mm-hmm. say traditional Wesleyan yeah. right, that still holds to actual Methodism, mm-hmm. right? And you'd st- and you would be a Christian. Yeah. Um, so we need just to make sure that, that that's communicated. Otherwise, they'll they'll adopt this kind of fundamentalism, which I think doesn't help them. It can lead to dropout and burnout. Yeah. I like the tweet from Moeller this week, talked about this, and maybe give us a chance to talk about the word fundamentalism, but he said uh, something to this effect, uh, and I sent it to you in a text. Yeah. Uh, fundamentalism... Fundamentalists, the issue with fundamentalists is that every issue is a, is a primary first order issue. Mm-hmm. The problem with liberalism, liberalism is that no issue is a first order issue yeah. or a primary issue. <clears throat> yeah. So the fundamentalists will divide from everyone over, over anything. Mm-hmm. Liberals have no issues at all that are primary worth dividing over anybody. Uh, w- with anybody over, yeah. So maybe we should maybe we should talk about this idea of fundamentalism because it's gone through kind of an evolution of meaning. Yeah. And so uh, we, uh, you made me search for this. Yeah. Because uh, I knew it came about early in the nineteenth uh, century as a reaction to liberals. Yeah. So there's a, a set of essays, 90 essays yeah. that were published between 1910 and 1915 uh, called The Fundamentals, A Testimony to the Truth. Um, right. It's usually just referred to as The Fundamentals. Um, and it is, um, it's a statement on the fundamentals of Christianity and its, its content reflects a concern with um, theological liberalism. Right. And, Which uh, was on the rise. Higher cri- biblical higher criticism. Uh-huh. And um, so you have the fundamentalist, 
So I'll, I'll just give you some of the some of the names of the essays, uh-huh. and you can see what some of these fundamentals were. Uh, the Virgin Birth of Christ. That was that was the very first one. Deity of Christ. Benjamin Warfield wrote that one. Um, the purpose of the incarnation. Uh, the personality and deity of the Holy Spirit. Um, justification by faith. Inspiration of the Bible. So, yeah, Import, but, important so we, things. So we talked about this on uh, on Tuesday mm. in regards to uh, to the sermon that you preached. These first order issues. So we we see here the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, the incarnation, the deity of the Holy Spirit, um, justification, justification by faith, inspiration of the Bible. I mean, there's there's things on here about just the the truth of the scripture. Yeah, that the things that the Bible talks about as history actually happened yeah so you know when when these are being written some of the the liberal ideas that are coming in are going to be um evolution mm-hmm. and so you've, you've got these higher critics that are looking at genesis one and two as myth right or some kind of allegory yeah they deny the supernatural mm-hmm yeah. They're, they're uh, materialist right you've got the you've got the quest for the historical jesus yeah. um you know, looking at the Gospels and trying to figure out, you know... They deny all miracles. Right. No virgin birth, mm-hmm. no incarnation, yeah. no resurrection from the dead. And yeah. so the fundamentals of the faith are a answer and a refutation right. to the rise of liberalism. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, uh, conservative Christians, it would be not a bad word to call them a fundamentalist. Yeah, uh, you know, if if we were looking at these these articles from the early 1900s, you and I would be fundamentalists, mm-hmm. right? But that word has kind of morphed over the over the years mm-hmm. to become something more than just these core theological issues. It would be more of a culture of um, uh, sectarianism. Con- yeah, uh, conservative dress. Um, I mean, we can't have we can't have beards like this. They at least need to be a little tidier, a little shorter. Well, uh, yeah, I would say like the Bob Jones version uh-huh. of, of stuff. So yeah, no beards, George, no beards. But even Bob Jones is, I think, starting to move in a way that fundamentalist would even criticize. Really? Uh-huh, I think so. Yeah. Did you know he uh, he booted Billy Graham out of his school? <laughs> oh, really? Trying to date, his, date? I think it was to date hit, dating, which who is now his wife. Okay. I think, and I think he told him, "You'll never be anything." <laughs> Not a great call, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. So fundamental fundamentalists today, fundamentalism, or when people say you're a fundamentalist, what they really, I think, what they're getting at is, you're, uh, you are willing to divide with anybody over mm-hmm. anything, right? And that's what came out in Mueller's tweet. Mm-hmm. Everything has become a primary first order issue for you. Right. You're the only one that's right. Everyone else is wrong, and you'll divide from in, everyone over anything. So issues like um, drinking or smoking right. would be same level as the inspiration of the scriptures. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when, I, when I think of fundamentalists, I think of um, King James only. Yeah. That's what I think. Wanna, um, so we want to. You want to hear my one of my favorite RC Sproul stories? I got to tell it on sure. Here. I got to tell it. So John MacArthur, uh, not so much now, but they would be very what we would call rigid kind of fundamentalist. Mm-hmm. Earlier they would have been, 
So no smoking, no drinking, you know, no, you got to be clean shaven and wear suits and ties. Well, early, early on, you know, right when John MacArthur became friends with R.C. Sproul, I told you this before, right? Uh He had R.C. Sproul come out and preach at his church. Right. (laughs) I I love the story. So I guess there's this little room where the, uh, it's like the elder room. And I guess guest preachers go in there before they come out to preach. They'll like pray for them in there and all kinds of stuff. And they couldn't find R.C. Sproul. Yeah. Like, hey, he's supposed to be preaching in like five minutes. Where's this guy at? Yeah. So they go out, and the um, the lady sits there at, the re- at reception. They're like, where is he at? And she's like, he's outside smoking. <laughs> he's outside smoking. Yeah. So they go out. They open the door. <laughs> they're like, hey, uh, it's it's time. And he's like smoking right and he's like he's like oh okay throws that throws down a cigarette squashes it out walks into the elder room and is like hey any of you guys got a bible i can borrow <laughs> and then gets up and preaches with no notes yeah <laughs> i bet that to- that totally they were shook you, you know that oh, they were sure. like, what in the world is yeah this? i'm sure a preacher that smokes you know i just finished reading the his biography mm-hmm. and um he was at a a fundamentalist seminary for a while teaching there um i think it was gordon conwell back when it was fundamentalist i Mm -hmm. guess um and he he was summoned to see the dean and while he was waiting for the dean um out in the the secretary's office she said dr sproul you've been around someone that's been smoking and he said yeah it was it was me (laughs) and she said something about um used to you could tell who the real christians were or something like that oh, and man. he said well i can i can assure you i teach theology and i know what a, a real christian is <laughs> uh so that's the that's the kind of fundamentalism that i think people like abraham piper are, are pushing back against yeah um but um it used to be like you said it was the the core doctrines mm-hmm. and those are the things we need to be fighting over. Right. There's still, I, I don't know what level I would put dressing. Mm-hmm. And the Bible does speak to how we're supposed to dress. We're supposed to dress modestly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that's going to look different in different cultures. I mean, you're, you're not going to go to some tribe in, in Africa and they're going to be dressed the same way as even us, mm-hmm. you know, here in, in Southwest Oklahoma. We're supposed to dress modestly. Um, I don't know. I don't know what level I'd put that on, but it's certainly not first order issues, right? Right. It's not. It's not. You're. You're not a Christian because your skirt's just a little too short, right? Right. Um. It's. It's important, but not. Not first order. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're we're putting that we're doing that triage, mm-hmm. right? There are first order issues, the the inspiration of the scriptures, the you know the veracity, the truth, the truthfulness of the scriptures. The, the Trinity, the deity of Christ, the the uh, incarnation, virgin birth, miracles, the resurrection, substitutionary atonement, yeah, um, yeah. literal second coming. Those things would be first order, right? Uh-huh. But the but, problem with liberals is... But then you is, got liberalism, right? Nothing is a primary issue for, <laughs> right, for them. Right. Nothing. Right. And that's that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it seems that there would be a first order issue, and it always comes down to sexual ethics, right? That's right. That's that's that I, seems to be the only first order issue that you you dare not touch. Well, I think if you go beyond that, the first order issue for liberal Christianity would would be it has to be um, never hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> right. 
That's it. <laughs> All right. So, you know, they say they're a Christian, yeah. and that what they do makes them happy, yeah. therefore they are one, mm-hmm. and you should leave them alone. Right. And who are you to tell them that they're wrong? Mm. That's their first order issue. Okay. So if you violate that and say, no, there is there is something that is true, yeah. well, then you can't be a liberal Christian anymore. Right. Because you violated their only cardinal doctrine, mm-hmm. which is never offend anyone. Okay. I think that's it. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think so. It's self-refuting. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't live by it consistently mm-hmm. because as soon as you say that, everything goes and you get mad at the conservative Christian, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're going to have to violate that. Mm-hmm. You're either going to have to say everything really does go, which it's just going to land in absurdity, or everything doesn't go. Right. Everything goes except this guy over yeah. here um, who believes in absolute truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you, you have to pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to pick which direction you're going to go. Um, and we want to be faithful to the scripture. And yeah. we want we want to make first we want to make the first things first. Yeah. And I think you can I think you can easily see those things when you look at the scripture. I don't think you have to you have to um you know really rack your brain to find out what does the scripture find to be most important. Right. Yeah, I know it's there. I mean, you can see well, that uh, goes with the perspicuity of scripture, right? right? right. The clarity you just read of scripture. Through the Bible, I mean, um what what gets Paul fired up more than anything? He's willing to he's willing to yeah you know right. He doesn't go to physical blows, but he'll throw some sharp barbs mm-hmm. you know right uh, in in his language toward people right. And it's always the, these primary issues around the gospel and justification by mm-hmm. faith or or behavior or behavior like Peter's that could undermine that right. and threatens the gospel mm-hmm. or by adding to it. But then he'll say things like one person values one day over another and right. and what is that? Right. You know, and he's like, eh, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person thinks they can eat this meat, another doesn't. You know, it's their conscience. Yeah. Leave them alone. Uh, you can see it clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then some things are very, very, very clear the other way. Right. Prohibitions, things mm-hmm. we can't do. Yeah. Uh, you can so. see this in First John also. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that, that John is, is dealing with, these um, tests for true Christianity. Right. And, uh, it's who who do you say that Jesus is? Right. right? The deity of Christ. Um yeah, so we, we just gotta be really careful. And and that that is going to apply to how we deal with people that disagree with us. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on these secondary and third third issues. Yeah. Right. So what we we talked about this before is the way that people interact with each other on social media. And that was one of your that was one of your applications from right. your sermon is uh-huh. is what do we argue about in public? Yeah, most things shouldn't we shouldn't be arguing with other Christians in public, yeah, unless they are pertaining to the gospel, <clears throat> uh, or the Godhead, or could undermine um, the inerrancy of Scripture. Right. We don't. I mean, I think we it deserves a refutation, but other things like. Everybody needs to pump their pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is to see older people. They're older than us. I mean, we're not young. You know, we're like forty years old. So our age and older, even more credentialed credentials. Right. If I could use that, um, just arguing like a bunch of junior high kids. Right. <laughs> right. And it's just it looks really bad. Yeah. 
Um, so I don't know. Do we want to get into this this tweet to just give an example of of this? Uh, maybe if we can hit it quickly. I want to hold on to it till sure toward a few toward a few future. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. We can hold on to it. Okay. It it just goes back to how we interact with each other on social media. Okay. Yeah. What what do you what do you think? Um, you know, we were talking about first order issues are going to be how you um, anything that undermines our our trust in the scriptures. Uh-huh. And you brought up um, women preaching, mm-hmm. and so you've got you've got people that they jump through hoops to make First Timothy chapter two say something different than what it what it does. And you said that that undermines. Our, our trust in the scripture because if you can make such a clear scripture i don't permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man yeah and twist it in such a way that all of a sudden i do permit it um is that is that an issue that we should argue in public over or is that something that we need to take take um, privately yeah i don't i think if we're arguing at it from and this is where you have got to be wise, because how it will be presented by the other side right. is that you are arguing over something that is not a primary issue. Mm-hmm. What you're arguing really over is ecclesiology, okay. right? That's how they'll try to frame it, right. which I would say that's not a first-order issue, right? right? We aren't Presbyterians, mm-hmm. right? Nor are we structured in an Anglican fashion, which is, uh, what is the term for theirs? Episcopalian. Episcopalian. Uh, so, but we don't argue, we're not going to argue over that stuff publicly and like throw barbs at each other. Right. So they'll try to frame it in that light. So uh-huh. it's going to try to, you're going to have to try to be very wise in the way that this is presented, I think. And so what you would want to do if you do argue it publicly is phrase it in a way where you would say, look, I'm not arguing over this from a church organizational perspective. Mm-hmm. That might be how you, you are seeing it. I'm arguing at this as for this reason and in, in this angle, because if you can make the Bible say that, um, then you can make it say anything. And how? And here, and here's really where it gets the rubber meets the road, right? Yeah. The the regular people, the regular church people, where I've always said the real potential of the church lies. It doesn't lie in people like me and you. It lies with regular people believing the Bible is God's inerrant word. Yeah. And that uh, through their relationship with. God and the Holy Spirit, they themselves go into the world with the gospel. Okay, the true potential lies with the regular people in the church. So that to me threatens what Jesus church is actually for mm-hmm. in this way because they'll say, "Well, I am an untrained Bible scholar and I can see it with my own eyes, like I can read." <laughs> now you're telling me it means the exact opposite. Can I trust the Bible at all? Yeah. Should I even be living my life this way? When the Bible says also that um, um, marriage is to be for life, right? I, uh, God doesn't permit divorce mm-hmm. um, or any other matter of things. <sighs> right. They're going to say, well, how do I even know that's really what that meant? Yeah. Maybe that's for another time and another culture and another place. See what I mean? See yeah. how it goes? Uh-huh. And then so what you end up doing is... That's what we see with the, the whole homosexual issue. Exactly. Is it, You can read it with your eyes, 
mm-hmm. and people try to jump through their hoops to try to make it say something else. They try to define homosexuality in a way that is foreign to what the text just clearly says. You have got to, like, there are so many things in, in, uh, that, that go on today where people are taught that the Bible doesn't say what the Bible says. Right. Right. And, when, and whenever that happens, what they need to understand is um, they're not standing in line with Christianity for 2,000 years. What they're actually doing is standing in line with Satan, mm. who says, did God really say? Yeah. Right. I remember once sitting down with a guy, and we could probably close after this just to see how it plays out in other doctrines. Uh, I had lunch with him. He had an issue with um, uh, predestination, the doctrines of grace. Yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to give you a text from Jesus. I want you to read it to me and tell me what it says. All right. So they read it to me and they say, Jesus said this, but I think it means this is what I think it means. I said, well, hang on. I think somebody told you that's what it means. I want you to read the words, tell me what he says. Yeah. Because that's what it means. You know? And so then he had to read it and he had to say, well, Jesus says, no one can come to me mm-hmm. unless. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Unless, they're, unless the Father draws them. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think he knows what he means. Right. And all that the Father gives to him mm-hmm. will come. What does that mean then? Yeah. Well, it means there's an elect people. I'm like, okay, now stop and just take it. God communicated. He knows he's God. A God that cannot communicate is not worthy to be worshipped. Right. Right? So that's how I look at it in my mind, is if that, if you're telling me that Paul didn't actually mean that, what he said that, it means actually a woman can teach and exercise authority over man. Yeah. Now, now I go... Um, can someone help me understand what anything means in this Bible? <laughs> that's why I say th- that's why I say it's a first order issue. Okay, is that? Do you think that's fair, or do you think I? You can push back on me if you want. No, I think I think you're right. Um, especially you, you look at the way that people try to get around the. Um, I'm probably going to just use the slippery slope argument again, but. I think that there's enough history behind it that it, it proves itself to be true. Mm-hmm. That you look at how people try to reinterpret the, the passages that prohibit and condemn homosexuality, mm-hmm. and they try to make it say something else, and you see kind of the trajectory of where they're going. Right. Because if this, if this doesn't mean what it says, then what else doesn't mean what it says? Right. Right? Yeah. And so now you can make room for um, evolution. Mm-hmm. In Genesis one and two, um, e- even if it's theistic evolution, you still have all the baggage that comes behind evolution. Right. Um, you can. I mean, you'll eventually get to the place where you say dumb things like Easter transcends the resurrection. Right. Right. Because <laughs> it says that Jesus rose from the dead, but what they actually meant was. Right. Well, at root in a lot of this, and this is what comes out in. Um, Carl Truman's book, The Triumph of the Modern Self, I mm-hmm. believe is the title, yeah. is that uh, people's experience or their inner reality is able to actually trump what we would call objective truth. So right. for the longest time, we'd say the Bible's objective truth. Now, I've, I have personally encountered uh, other uh, a, a woman tell me this. God has called me to the ministry. Mm-hmm. I know he did. Right. 
and you can't tell me that he didn't. Yeah. Even if God's prior revelation, like as recorded and handed down to us, <laughs> right. and as believed by the church for the past 2,000 years, mm-hmm. says the exact opposite. Yeah, I had right. right. I had a similar experience. Um, I've, I've told you this before. I've, I've had um, at a, at a former church there was a situation where two people got a divorce, and someone else in the church married the divorced wife. Um, and I I reached out to this person and said, "Look, you you can't, you should not be doing this. There was no reason for the divorce. There's there's no." There's no support for you to marry this person, and I, I remember he he texted me back and said, um, I, "I know it's going to be hard, but God told me that it was okay." Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. Um, because he's already spoken, right? And he he doesn't change his mind, and mm-hmm. he doesn't make exemptions because, well, you know. You're you you know it's going to be hard, so you just take your take your beating and that makes up for it, right? Yeah. That that doesn't that doesn't do it, right? Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Personal experience will uh, will often trump, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the scripture just clearly says. Yeah. So we go back to this. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Right. Um. To the best that we're able to, just try to live your life in accordance to the word, and you'll probably be okay, right? Well, can you shut us down, George? What do you think? Well, you never shut us down. Why don't you shut us down? I don't know. I just I don't like I don't like doing it. You don't like doing it? Yeah, I don't like doing that. What? You're so good at it. What? <laughs> Maybe I'll do it next free for all. I'll what? shut us down next time. What? I'll hit the button. That's my job. Okay, well, you learn something new every day, I guess. So we've talked about geography and uh, <laughs> Jay's dislike of of ending the podcast. You're a weird one, Jay Jones. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening today. Hopefully this has been beneficial for you. We talked about a, a variety of different issues and try to come at it from a biblical worldview. Um, always coming back to the text of scripture. And that's what we want to encourage you to do is to always go to the Bible and um, to see what does God say? What, what has he said? And uh, it's our hope that this will help you to become more conformed to Christ. So uh, we'll see you next time.